0: Hello, this is Ashley,
1: and this is Matt,
0: and we're Ashley Ashley at at the the movie. Movie. We are here to talk about the new Jurassic World Dominion movie, and Matt is going to tell us what it's about.
1: Okay, so uh, we start off with a newscast that conveniently catches us up on the events since the last Jurassic World movie, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which was four years ago, and about four years have passed in this particular in this particular uh, timeline that we're in, and dinosaurs have started roaming the Earth and coexisting with humans, although not terribly well in a lot of cases. Um... And so we start off with some location where it's like a a, a place where dinosaurs are being kept against their will. And there are these activists that are trying to rescue a baby, whatever it is, Triceratops or some kind of little dinosaur. And they escape with it. And then we catch up with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. They're living in a cabin in the woods with a little clone girl from the last movie, <laughs> played by Isabella Sermon. She's Maisie, the clone girl. Uh, they're raising her, trying to keep her away from, from folks because people want this clone girl. Uh, and then in the woods, outside their cabin, is that one velociraptor that... Uh, uh, Chris Pratt can train and speak with named Blue. Blue has had a virgin birth to <laughs> a little baby velociraptor named Beta. And then we go to another location and Laura Dern is out there. She's from the first movie and, and she is uh, investigating swarms of giant locusts that are eating up all the crops except for crops that are using seed made by a company called Biosyn. And then <laughs> we go to another location where Laura Dern decides to pick up Sam Neill and have him help her alert authorities about Biosyn, because she thinks that Biosyn is behind this, this plague of locusts because they're trying to take compl- uh, to control of the world's food supply. And she wants his voice to be one of the voices that like gets the word out about it. And then... <laughs> um, Beta and the little girl, clone girl, Maisie get kidnapped. So Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard have to go on a rescue mission, both for the clone girl and the dinosaur. So they end up in Malta and there's some big, uh, chases that happen. And then Jeff Goldblum comes in. Anyway, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> uh, cause we're only like halfway through the movie. And, uh, that, that is, uh, that's the first half of, of Jurassic World <laughs> Dominion.
0: Yeah, as you can glean from that, there's a lot going on in this movie, and that's one of the problems with it. There's just so much, and the movie is quite long, like almost two and a half hours. The first, I would say, third of the movie is just—I was just thinking it was silly. I mean, I kept laughing at it because um,
1: well, Chris Pratt's riding horses alongside yeah, like, dinosaurs.
0: So those right? scenes where you're seeing—you you, know—it's supposed to be illustrating how. How humans and dinosaurs are co- coexisting on Earth now, and but it's, some of it is just ridiculous. With you know him uh, riding horses with the dinosaurs and lassoing one, and I mean it's just silly. I, ha- I I was laughing at it. Um, then I don't know. The movie picks up. I, I like. You know, it's nice to see the old crew. It's nice to see Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum. So when they become part of the story, um, it was, that was nice. Um, there's, you know, there's some really good action sequences. You mentioned the chase. There's some good chases, although sometimes the action was so fast that it was hard to even see what was happening. It was going so quickly. Um, but, so, as an action movie, it's okay sometimes. Uh, but, I don't know. Overall, I'm going to give it a kind of a positive review, because I liked it better than I thought I would. Going into this, I had um, no desire for another Jurassic World movie. Um, and and the reviews, you know, that I had seen going into this were, were pretty poor. I don't think it's, you know, all that bad. Um, it was entertaining. And I was never bored for the two and a half hours... So I guess that's the sort of recommendation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, the first half of this movie is a mess. And, you know, it jumps around to way too many locations. And, you know, it's got this, this, um, so the problem, here's the problem. um, I was actually reminded in the first half of this movie of The Walking Dead. And that's a show I stuck with for... I don't know, eight years, nine years, uh, and then finally give up on it. But one of the things that drugged me down about The Walking Dead was that you know the zombies—they're not the real enemy. It's the people. It's humanity. You know, and my whole thing was—you know—I am fine watching a movie or a TV show that has villainous humans and, and whatever. It's if it's just like a regular movie or TV show that's supposed to be about that. Mm -hmm. But if you feed me this premise of like, hey, we're going to do a TV show about zombies, zombie apocalypse, then I know the zombies to me need to be the big threat. And if you're going to do a movie series about dinosaurs, you know, coming back to life in the modern day, your dinosaurs need to be the main villains. And they weren't, at least for the first half. The first half is just people flitting around from location to location or the audience being flittered around from location to location. And then um, there's this sinister um, corporation, the Biosyn Corporation. Um, B.D. Wong is back. It, it, you know, it's interesting. So B.D. Wong has been in several of these Jurassic movies. I mean, he's in the first one. Mm-hmm. I never remember him, though. I mean, I'm aware he was in these movies, but I never <laughs> remember him from them. But he's in this. Uh, but... A bit of a Hollywood royalty plays the villain in here, Campbell Scott, who's the son of George E. Scott and Colleen Dewhurst. He plays Louis Dodgson, who is the head of Biosyn and is sort of an amalgamation of Tim Cook and Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And even the Biosyn base Mm -hmm. looks like the Apple headquarters in Cupertino. But anyway. (laughs) um, But no, I mean, so the first half of the movie is a lot of people being bad. And I'm like, this ain't what I sign up for when I see a dinosaur movie, right? Uh, And then uh, another, I think another issue that I felt sort of disconnected by, uh, I guess in the first half at least, is the world, you know, in the four years since the last movie, the world has become used to dinosaurs being everywhere. For better or worse. And that just disconnects, at least me as an audience, it disconnects me from... This movie, whereas, you know, the first one, um, it's brand new. This whole concept, you know, and uh, it's treated as such. Like, oh, wow, wow, these are dinosaurs and they're alive in um, present day, you know. In this movie, we're dumped into a world where dinosaurs are everywhere. So as a viewer, I feel a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, also, you know, you got, I mean, let me tell you something. Let me just look at this cast. You've got Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Sam Neal, Jeff Goldblum. This person I'm not familiar with, but she was really good. DeWanda Wise, um, Campbell Scott. You know, you've got some A-list acting here. In the first half of the movie, I'm like, boy, this acting is bad. <laughs> and it was coming from people who I know are good actors. But, yeah, it was, just, it was just not good. But the second half saved it, which I'll get to in a moment.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, DeWanda Wise, because she really stood out to me. She's a new character. She's a pilot. She's She kind of does deliveries for Biasin uh, at the beginning of the movie. Um, but she's funny and likable, and I really liked her. I've never been a fan of Chris Pratt and—who's um, the actress? Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't think they have very good chemistry. I don't think they're very convincing as a couple. no. But um, so I, I didn't really care about those characters, but I, I did like uh, Dewanda Wise.
1: Yeah, and so the 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 Chris Pratt character, as the movie went along, I became more okay with him. But I mean, again, in the first part, he's this, like like cowboy on the range, <laughs> and like like you mentioned earlier, he's like lassoing dinosaurs and riding horses, and you know. M- Making fires, uh, you know, campfires, and stuff, and I'm just like, I am not, I am not buying Chris Pratt as this tough guy, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Though the you know the special effects were were quite good. I I liked you know despite despite the silliness factor of him lassoing these dinosaurs, it was all very convincing. It looked really good, and I was happy to see um, some dinosaurs with feathers finally. Oh yeah. That had been yeah. a complaint of mine from previous uh previous Jurassic World movies, but
1: Yeah. We saw um a dinosaur exhibit uh in the St. Louis Science Center a few months ago, and mm-hmm. they had a replica of oh, obviously a replica of uh, a dinosaur that had feathers, and it was surprisingly terrifying looking. Mm-hmm. Like I would not want to encounter that.
0: Oh, no, yeah. And I, I liked the <clears> depiction <throat> of of that dinosaur in uh in this movie. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It feels like they're they're trying to do something a little different with this movie, and in, in the way that it's kind of spans the globe, and they're it almost felt like a like a James Bond movie or a Mission Impossible movie where they're mm-hmm. jumping from place to place. It was very different, and I, I guess I was, there was at one point I was thinking, well, at least they're trying to do something a little different, but it didn't really work that well. You know, ultimately, my problem with essentially every sequel to the original Jurassic Park movie is that they've all failed to um, kind of recapture what that movie captured, which is the sense of wonderment. And, you know, seeing that movie in the theater and granted it was, it was original at the time because of the the CGI effects. It was something we hadn't seen before and it was amazing but the movie also manages to capture kind of that that childlike love of dinosaurs that so many kids have including myself um you know we loved dinosaurs when we were kids and that movie just kind of captured you know that magic and so many of these other ones they they're just kind of the dinosaurs are just kind of monsters and though it can be exciting um it just kind of lacks that that spark. Um,
1: yeah. And, you know, I'm a little lenient on the, those sequels. I mean, the sequels for in that regard, because I mean, it's really hard, difficult to recapture that. Right? right? Yeah. Uh, that said, um, you know, interestingly enough, when this movie does become just a big monster fest, that's what I think it picks up for me. And that's the back half. Yeah. And I, I, there's a couple things that come together in the back half. One for a long time, it is almost pulse poundingly relentless, scene after scene of monster attacks or trying to evade monsters. Monsters rather being like the locusts or uh, dinosaurs, the regular dinosaurs, you know. And those are really good. I mean, that to me is when the movie's clicking. And yes, we've seen it before, but it's done well here. And also the back half, our three characters from the original movie come to the forefront. So Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. They are in much more in the back half. Jeff Goldblum is great. Mm-hmm. I mean he's just this what he's everything you want from that character uh in, in the back half of this movie quipping and making these remarks and it's just great. So yeah, I mean the, the back half of this movie does it for me, right? And and saves this movie mm-hmm. from itself in my opinion. Um, that said, I mean the the front half is still not good. It's funny like we were watching it last night, and this family comes in midway through, like into the theater. They got the popcorn. And it's like looks like at least a mom, maybe a dad. I don't know, and like uh, kids and stuff in tow. And, and I'm just thinking, like, wait, what are they doing? Like, do they know that this movie's halfway through and whatever? And then in hindsight, I was like, you know what? They probably got word to just show up midway through <laughs> the movie, and so they actually saved themselves the yeah. trouble of watching that first half. So they just showed up in time to, like, watch dinosaurs eating people, which, honestly, let's face it, that's what we go to these movies for, is to see dinosaurs creating chaos.
0: Right. So that's our advice, right? Go in about 60 minutes into the movie.
1: hmm <laughs> If your movie has a start time of 7 o'clock, allow 15 minutes for trailers. <laughs> so 7.15. Go in at, like, 8.15. Show up at 8.15. Just roll in there, and, and you'll be fine. Right. Um, yeah. So any any other thoughts?
0: I think I've said my piece on this.
1: Same here. Same here. <laughs>
0: um, so, what would you give this out of ten? I'm going to give it six point five.
1: I give it a six point uh, two. So our score is a six point. Let's be six point four. Let's just say that, and it has got an interesting uh, uh, tomato meter score. So the critics tomato meter score is a rotten thirty two percent. Um, and the audience score is eighty uh, percent, hmm. and I think our scores would fall into the fresh range. Or you know, yeah. when we're doing this. So, and again, you know, that's the thing about the Tomato Meter is it's just saying eighty percent of audiences like this movie. It doesn't necessarily mean they loved it, right? But it means they liked it, right? And I think that's where we would fall into exactly. So yeah, our score for Jurassic World Dominion is a six point four. Um, I'm going to say this right now. If you haven't yet gone to see Top Gun Maverick, go ahead and see that. Catch this on the flip side.
0: Agreed. I would agree.
1: All right. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you.